Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Well, I just want to extend another warm welcome to you all, especially if this is your first time. Please be at ease. You're among friends and family. You just don't know it yet. And... uh, Yeah, just want you to be who you are. That's what we say to everyone. We just want people to be who God's called them to be here. So please, feel at home. You're in a safe place here. And uh, if we haven't already met, my name is David. And if you haven't already noticed, guys, I'm back. I'm back. Yes. It's good to be back. How much I've missed you. I'll be honest with you. I've had a sneaky peek online every now and then. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name's David. I'm, I'm, I am the lead pastor, and I've been away on sabbatical for three months. So, you know, I've been, you've been struggling for the Lord. But, um, yeah, it's really good to be back. And uh, this is um, my first opportunity to uh, bring some reflections to preach after uh, having three months off. So I hope it's a good one <laughs> for you. And I know God's got a word for you. And uh, I know God spoke to me through my sabbatical. And so... Um, got an opportunity to share what the Lord has revealed to me, but it's not about me. It's not about what happened three months ago. I believe God's got something for you today, right now, and for the rest of your life, really. So that's great. But before we go into that, um, as you know, uh, Tim, our senior minister, Tim and Helen Roberts, actually, they're away on holiday. They're going away today. Uh, So if you're watching, have a great holiday. Um, They're going to Greece. I just thought it'd be really fantastic. Mark, I just... I just want them to have the best time, don't we all? And uh, we just want to support them. And uh, one way we can support them is not just cheer them, but actually pray for the Lord to to just be with them and that the joy of the Lord will come upon them. So if you'd just like to join me for just a moment, let's just pray for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Tim and Helen. We thank you for their kids. We thank you for their family, Lord. And we thank you for this amazing opportunity to go to Greece. And we just pray that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, would be their guide, would... Lord God, the joy of you just be all over them. May they have significant memories, great times together. We ask for laughter, for fun, for joy, great conversations, peace among them. And Lord God, as we know Helen's body, we just ask, Father, that Helen's body would be healed in the name of Jesus. We continue to fight for that and ask you, Lord, to move in her life. But particularly, Lord God, we want to pray for the joy, your joy, that surpasses our understanding, even surpasses our situations and circumstances, that your joy would be in their midst as they're in Greece, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Fantastic. Yeah, give them a God is good. So um, I'm going to give you a few snippets from my sabbatical uh, over the next two Sundays. So this Sunday and next Sunday. Then we're going to go into some psalms and reflections, hopefully from some of you. Uh, just to share from the wealth of wisdom and knowledge and experience and revelation from among the church family. And then in the autumn, you know, we'll get this whole leadership transition thing out of the way. And then, uh, and then you'll get more snippets and things. Um, you know what? Until my next sabbatical, yeah, you're just going to be getting snippets all the time from, from what God has uh, sort of downloaded in that time. But um, yeah, I've, I've had a really good time. And I wanted to share, first and foremost, those who can remember my last Sunday here, It was Easter. We had a baptism. It was fun. And um, you guys prayed for me and prayed for my family. And I was requested, well, what could I get prayer for? And I simply said that I would know the love of God more for my life 
and, and my family. And I can tell you without a doubt that God moved in my sabbatical and showed me how much he loves me and my family. And I, I hope I can carry some of that today for you guys to know how much God loves you. And uh, so uh, this is uh, some ramblings, uh, but also with the word. So my first point today, I thought I'd switch it up and just give you the points, first of all. And uh, my first point today is listen, because God loves to speak to you. Okay? He doesn't just love speaking to you through me and through other people. God loves to speak to you because he cares about you and because you, by faith in Jesus Christ, belong to him. He wants to make himself known. And this isn't just for the person to your left or the person to your right. It isn't for the person you may perceive or think is super holy. It's not for just the church staff team or the worship team. God wants to speak to each and every individual person in this room right now, as he does the children in the groups behind this wall and the youth. God loves speaking to you. The question is, will we listen? Hey? And having three months out, um, yeah, it helped me to fine-tune my listening ears. And uh, I wanted to share how God was so kind in sharing some things with me. So my first week off was the second part of the Easter holiday. So, you know, I did the fun stuff with the family and we chilled out and had a great time. But then in my second week, that was when I had time just to myself to really intentionally pursue God. And I had an agenda Church, I had a plan. Trust me. The trustees made sure I had a plan. But I definitely had a plan. And um, it just so happens that plan <laughs> didn't work out immediately with the first thing. So I wanted to go on a retreat certain place. And that didn't really work out because of circumstances. So I ended up retreating in a different place. And this place I went to is called Claydon. Claydon House. It's just beyond Aylesbury. It wasn't my plan. But I thought, well, I'll go there. And it, some things I like to do is just go into like, open spaces beyond Watford to kind of just get a new scenery, a new environment, and to pursue God. And when I got to Claydon House, there was a, um, a tour. Didn't know there was a tour. And I thought, well, why not? I'm here now. So I went on this tour of this house. And whilst I was going around this house, I actually learned it wasn't her house, but it was one of her family members' houses. Florence Nightingale used to visit. So she had a room there. And um, so I got to learn a bit about Florence Nightingale. And you, you learn a bit about that in school. I'm not sure if you do anymore. I'm old. But um, I, no, I don't look it, but I am. And um, whilst I was there, I realised Florence Nightingale, what she did for healthcare and for women getting involved in healthcare and things like that, that was all because, it even said, I took the photo, she was believing that nursing was her God-given vocation. And what was interesting, her own family, her parents tried putting her off because it wasn't a vocation that was seen as a, a great vocation. But she felt that God had led her to this place and she wanted to go through it. And I was like, oh, oh, I, I feel a bit of mirroring and reflection there in my own life. My parents love me and support me, but when they found out I wanted to go to Bible college, when I had been planning to go elsewhere, that was tough for them. And I remember them trying to be like, do it later, maybe not. And I just felt, I didn't even feel like I wanted to be a minister at that time. That came later down the line. But I just felt that God had asked me to go to Bible college. I wanted to know more. I loved the word. And so I just wanted to be obedient. And so God had already grabbed my attention, right? This is how God works, by the way, sometimes. 
Sometimes he can't just give it to us straight because he knows what we're like. And so he just starts turning your head, turning your ear and grabbing your attention. The next thing I know is on this tour, on this journey, I end up in this final room, this saloon room, and there's this grand piano there. Now, something about me, which most people don't know, is I love piano music. I just love classical piano mu music, and I know that's a bit strange, but it's me, it's who I am, and so I love it. And so, Aaron, thank you so much for playing that piano. I appreciate you, I appreciate the sound you make. But we went into this room, and then people just moved on. And I'm like, there's, a, there's somebody playing the piano, and it is insanely good. And there was a chair there. And because it was one of those fancy houses, you couldn't sit on most of the chairs. But there was a chair that you're allowed to sit. And I just sat there. And here I was, serenaded, one person in this huge room with piano music playing for me. Just me. And I was like, wow, God, this is so kind of you. I spoke to the pianist later on, and he said, oh, I only come on Mondays. I said, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have heard that. And God, how, how wise and how generous and how sovereign is God that he crafts things in our lives to grab our attention? Not just to grab our attention, to, to bless us. It's so sweet, God. And something that hit me profoundly was whilst I was sitting there and I'm delighting in what I'm hearing, it gave me a picture of God again just saying, do you know, David, for, the, for my children, when they seek after me, the way you feel about listening to the piano is how I feel when you seek after me. Listen, because God loves to speak to you and he delights in you. And yes, he'll say things to do, but he just loves to speak to you to tell you how much he loves you and adores you. This is our God. How kind. Now, just to help you out, one of the things that's really good to do when you're trying to listen to God, when you're, when you're leaning in and trying to, you know, intentionally seek a word out for your life, it's good to return to what he last said. Where did you last set up camp and, like, have an encounter with God? I'm a journaler, but I don't journal every day. <laughs> don't have time for that. But every so often when God said something to me, I'll take time to reflect and write it down. And so I went back to it. And I felt God speak through those words. And I was like, Wow. Because you know how sometimes just in life you move on, and so it doesn't become as apparent to you. But when you've written in a journal or you've recorded at the time, something of the faith when you received it kind of ignites back into you, and you're like, oh, yeah, God, this is mad. This is good. This is your heart for me. This is a heart for where we're going. So after that, I was like, well, I've had a pretty good day, right? And I've heard from God. And I just felt, again, God, is there anything else whilst I'm here? You've taken the time with me. You, you've orchestrated this. Is there anything else? And I ended up just going for a walk. And I found a church on the site as well. I was allowed in. And uh, there's nobody in. So I went in. I just thought, I wonder what passage the Bible's open on, okay? Because I've already been in the Word. And I went there. And the passage of Scripture, the double page spread, was on Joshua chapter 1. Let's read Joshua chapter 1 together, shall we? It's, uh, we're just going to do verses 1 to 9. This is what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow, what a passage. Uh, and I know the whole strong and courageous. But how cool is this? This is a leadership transition passage. This is Moses handing over to Joshua. was not on my agenda to be looking at. And I come to a church in the middle of nowhere, a place I didn't want to go to on that day. And God uses that. How kind to talk about leadership transition. And the thing I wanted to point out, there's so much we could point out in this text. We haven't got time. But the thing is, God, or it says the Lord spoke to Joshua. Now, I understand for many of us, our mindset can be, well, the Lord will speak to the leader, of course. You know, the leader of the people. And back in the day, I'm talking way back in the day, in the prophets' time, in the Old Testament, God spoke through prophets. Yes, that's true. And the prophets then spoke to the people. But then Jesus came. And Hebrews chapter 1 says, now we have heard from God through Jesus. And we know Jesus died and rose again. Which means by his spirit, he doesn't just talk through a preacher or a priest or a vicar. He talks to you. He cares so much that you would know him deeply and personally. And I find it a great privilege that I can share. But how much greater is it that you can hear direct from God? Listen. And here's the thing. Maybe God has been trying to say some of this stuff to me for some time. But it took me going to Clayton House to hear it. God's so kind that he just pursues us. He pursues us. He cares about us knowing. And he doesn't give up. And even if we've camped on stuff or left stuff back in our journal or left stuff back in a season of our life, God is happy for you to pick that back up and run again with him. That's the kindness of our God. Listen, because God loves to speak to you. You belong to him. You're his child by faith. He's called you chosen you, knows you by name, forgiven you. He longs to have your attention. And just as I delighted with the keys in that big saloon room and all that, God delights in speaking to you, sharing with you, just in the same way that he did with Jesus at his baptism. Here is my son, my beloved, whom I love, who I'm well pleased. You know, in Christ Jesus, we're all sons and daughters. We get that same word. Now, from this passage in Joshua, we can see it seems very important to God that Joshua and the Israelites follow all the commands, right? You've got it there. And it repeats like, say the commands, meditate on them, be careful in how you go about doing the commands. This brings me to my second point. It's not just enough to listen 
even though it's a fantastic place to be and to hear that God loves you. But it's important to do what God says because he is the Lord. Listen to me now, because he is the Lord, not because it will go well with you when you do. That's true, but don't do it just because you're trying to gain something from him. You're trying to bargain with him. You're trying to earn something from him. That's not how God wants this relationship to run. Simply do it because he is the Lord and he is worthy. Jesus is worthy to be trusted, relied upon, dependent on, and to follow him in everything, in every command. Now, here's the challenge to us. You know, I think some of us don't think we hear from God or we think we've misheard from God because life gets difficult. God just said to Joshua, I'm with you. I'm here with you. And yet, what does Joshua have to do? The first part of his ministry, if you will, is cross over the River Jordan into the promised land. So God may be with you where you're at, and he loves you and he cares for you, but he doesn't want you to stay there. He didn't want the Israelites to stay in Egypt, did he? So he delivered them, but they spent a lot of time in the wilderness camping around. They didn't need to be there for that long. And Joshua is giving this call. You know, we need to cross over. Some of us have heard from God, but we're not doing anything about it. Do what he says. Cross over. Because the thing is, maybe God wants us to change our situation, our circumstance. Maybe just change a mindset. Could you imagine the mindset of coming out of slavery? God had to not just get them out of being slaves. He had to get that mindset out of them. God is in the business of transforming our lives, and part of that is transforming our thinking. But we've got to move when he says move. Move on from where you've been. Don't camp here anymore. The funny thing is, sometimes God will want us to camp in a place because there's more revelation there. But actually, there's more revelation in the moving as well. It's really good to be on this side of the Jordan where we're fed by manna, right, from heaven. But when we cross over, God's going to stop the manna did you know this? Just before they fight in Jericho, just before they go there, God stops the manna. He stops the bread from heaven. But the Israelites get to feed off the promised land. Maybe there's some promises God's moving you into. Just listen and obey. Do what he says. Embrace the new. Interesting enough, I've mentioned it already, Jericho. So on my sabbatical, I got to go to Israel, and I'm not doing a crash tour right now. But um, I went to Jericho. Here's the picture of Jericho. And this, this blew me away. So Jericho, seen as you know, all the memorabilia and all, all the gift shops were saying, the oldest city okay, in the world. But also, hold on to this, the lowest city, the lowest point above sea, even though it's below sea level, but you know what I mean, not below water. This is the lowest place on earth that was inhabited. God brought the Israelites to enter the promises of God at the lowest point. So they've heard from God. They know God's with them. But what's this? They have to cross over the River Jordan. Not only that, they have to face opposition. I want to encourage you, in your lives, you are hearing God, but you do come across opposition. God knows the opposition's there. 
He actually guides you and tells you what to do. So don't think you haven't heard from God just because you're facing a hardship, a struggle, a difficulty, or you're going through pain. God is still with you. He is still for you. In fact, he may even have some keys for you to unlock things, or maybe he's about to bring the walls down. But could you imagine having to walk around a city? This is your battle strategy plan. Walking around one day, uh, one, once a day for six days, and then on the seventh day, walk around it seven days. I don't know about you. Maybe you guys are full, full of faith. But on day five, man, I haven't even got that much. Day three, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> just walking around, just out of shot of an arrow. I'm risking my life walking around this city. We don't know what's going to happen. God's going to give it to us, apparently. But we're just walking around. My bright idea would be if you walked halfway around, you've got past it. Let's just keep going. But no, they just kept walking around. And on the seventh day, they walked around it seven times. And then they cried out. And the walls came down. God gave them the city. It says actually in Joshua, God gave them the city and the people took it. How about that, guys? The lowest point on earth. You know, you could be in the lowest place in your life. The lowest moment in your life. The lowest situation or circumstance you've come across yet. Do you know what? The Lord hears you. Not only does he hear you, he is able to deliver you, to break down the walls, to take out your offenders, to take off the opposition, and to free you or to bring you victory. But here's the deal. You've got to trust him, and you've got to obey. You've got to do what he says. Could you imagine if on the sixth day, Joshua's like, this ain't working. We're not doing this anymore. I just keep going, guys. Maybe your breakthrough hasn't come. Maybe you're on day five. Maybe there's still a few more days to go. And maybe when it becomes the lowest point and then you're told to walk seven times. That's quite a long way, by the way. Of all the days, this was the hottest day when I went to Jericho, 40 degrees. I had to stand and look at rocks for most of the day. Um, Not complaining. Thank you for your generosity in sending me there. Thank you for your praise. But it's so easy to give up. I saw it, it can be so easy to give up or give up on what the Lord said. Please, I want to encourage you. God loves you so much that even when you give up, he hasn't given up. Get back on him. Get back on what the word said. Get back on your situation. Let Jericho tumble. Just keep marching. Just keep plodding along. Just lift up the name of Jesus. He will be your breakthrough. Now, what's really interesting, you see the picture still again. So you're looking into the promised land. So behind you is the River Jordan, and then there's a mountain strip, and there's Nebo, where um, Mount Nebo, where uh, Moses sort of departed or you know passed away. But when you look forward, this—I'm not sure this is true—but you know there's a lot of tradition going on, and I'm not here to argue with the traditions of many archaeologists and all these people. This is the Mount of Temptation. So this apparently was where Jesus was taken by the deceiver, by Satan, to offer all the kingdoms of the world. Isn't it interesting again? At the lowest point, you've got your battle. But don't be deceived at your high point, at your moment when you're on the mountaintop, when life is looking good and you're like, oh, I can take these for myself. Oh, no. Watch the temptation. Follow God's command. Worship him only. Do what God says because he is Lord. 
Now, look, God cares, and we've read in Joshua 1 already, that when we do what he says, look, it brings prosperity, <laughs> it brings his blessing, it brings the promises of God, it brings success. But don't try and obey God to try and get blessing. It's one of those weird ones, right? And let me just tell you right now, success in God is very different to success in the world. And God took me on a journey with that, but maybe that's a download for next week. I'll bring us to point three. Guard your heart and motives because we are easily deceived. I'll say that again. Guard your heart and your motives because we, you and I, me particularly maybe, can be easily deceived. Whilst I was on sabbatical, I had this amazing opportunity because of Tim and his role in AOG. I got to go to Aberdeen to see this large church called King's Church in Aberdeen. And uh, it is humongous, people. Look at that. It looks like an airport. It's even got this weird tower thing. I went up, and I don't know why I was up there, but I was... It is huge. Like, I needed a time out just walking around the place. And uh, I got to spend time with the leader there and ask some questions. I went to Fraseborough, where they've got a building project on, and that was really good to talk with him, you know, building project. Again, God speaking. Hey, I'm trying to grab your attention, David. And... Um, this building was given to them. Uh, I mean, it should cost, I think it's over 10 mil, but they got it for like three, and it's for their city. And I was just like, wow, God, like growth. What, so I asked him, like, how did you grow? What, what, what sort of strategies, what sort of things were you doing? And um, the leader there, and the leader in Fraserburgh as well, building this building project, it just blew me away at how humble they were. Just like, David, it's not just about growth. But growth is good, right? Yeah, look at it, it's buzzing in here. We're loving it, right? Growth is good. No, this is the thing he said, David, it's about the purity of your motive. Oof. And God started speaking to me using that. You know when God takes a snippet of something somebody said and they're using it for something as a teaching point, but you're like, God's got that checked out here to be talking about something else, so I'll come back to that. But the growth thing hit me because they said, David... What it was about was loving God and loving people. That's all we did. We loved God and we loved people. We didn't care so much about the growth. Growth is good and it's a sign you're loving God and people, but don't make it about growth. I watched a documentary recently, a little plug for Disney Plus about Hillsong. Say what you want about it, but this was awesome. A pastor or a previous pastor said during the interview, when he found out some stuff went on in the church that he didn't even know of, but he took responsibility. He said, well, I get, that's my fault. I was the senior pastor at the time, so I'm so sorry for that person. But he said this, I got so lost looking at crowds and searching for crowds, I forgot about people. It's about loving God and loving people, the purity of motive. I was just so blessed to have this opportunity. And one of the things, in terms of the growth, this is what I will link it back to Joshua. The guys just said, you just keep plodding along. I was like, nah, you don't get churches of above 1,000 just by plodding along. He said, yeah. One service became two service, became three service, became four. We needed, you know, four. So going five is a bit much. So God sorted us out of building, and now we're back to one service. Hooray! But he was just like, but it wasn't some mad level strategy. It's not like we're bringing in corporate to show how to do this and how to market. It's not about brand. It's simply about loving God, loving people, and plodding on. 
I hope we can be a church that is that committed. We'll keep plodding on or we'll keep marching even when Jericho stands. We'll just keep coming back to the word of the Lord. And this may sound insane, but we just got to trust God. And it gets more insane as you're trusting God. But God is faithful. Purity of heart, guys. Okay, Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. The greatest commandment. And this is what I was calling this series, these two. Uh, the greatest commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God and love people. But not just love God and love people. With your whole heart. With your whole soul. Which means everything in you. That was the understanding, at least in the Hebrew time that it was given. And then with all your strength, if we go back, you may have a little footnote there from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 5. It's part of the Shema, which is a, a prayer they'd all pray together. Uh, but verse 4 is actually the beginning of the Shema. Is that all right if we have it up? Um, so this is what uh, Jesus was quoting. Uh, and in Mark's gospel, he actually starts from verse 4. Um, it says, hear, Shema, listen, hear, hear God first. And then it talks about, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, I just want to stop here, just a quick teaching thing. God cares so much that he reveals himself here as one. Yes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one. But that's because if you know the history, you know where Israel has been in Egypt, where there's many other smaller gods, if you will, or powers or sources or spirit, whatever you want to call them, God reveals himself as one. That means he doesn't want to be shared with others. God alone is God. He's not sharing himself on a level with others. No, nobody's like, he has no rival. He has no equal. Don't get him mixed up. Don't get him misunderstood. There is only one God, the creator, maker of the whole universe. And he loves you. <laughs> and he has a relationship with you because of his son, Jesus. He cares. He loves you. Now, back in Joshua's time, bless him, he had 613 commands to follow. Love Jesus. Don't you love Jesus? Here's two commands. And it's more important than all offerings, all burnt sacrifice, all these things. Love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your effort, with all your might. Different versions, different translations. What it's getting about is about loving him and not giving to anybody else, not having any other idols, which includes yourself. Love God and love people. I love uh, the Greek because um, when it says all, it bothers to repeat itself three times. All in Greek is ole. So ole, 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 three times. You remember it. It means love him wholeheartedly. Love him with everything that you have, with everything that you are. Love the Lord. Everything comes from that place. Now, in Greek, there's four different words for love. And... Uh, Mate, you may have heard of it. C.S. Lewis did a little book on it. But storge means familial love. Filio is the friendship love. Eros is the romantic love. And then we have agape. And agape is a divine godly love. And the reason 
it's divine and godly is because it's selfless and it's unconditional and it never ends. We're asked in this passage, both of it says agape. Love the Lord, agape, and love your neighbor, agape. Selflessly, unconditionally, consistently. And guess what? If that's a godly love, it takes God to love God. It takes God to love people. We need to listen to God, obey him, and let him help us love. So in my time listening to God, these downloads were awesome, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In my sabbatical, sometimes when you listen to God, it can be painful with what he says. And sometimes you don't want to listen. Or when you hear it, you're like, no, 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 let's go back to the piano. That was nice. That was nice. But actually, God loves you so much, he doesn't want to keep you the same. And he wants to reveal to you your blind spots. And I, I want to encourage you, church, it's, it's his love that takes us to the blind spots. During my sabbatical, I realized early on that my attitude, my behaviors, even my disciplines were unraveling. Things I thought I had sorted, things I thought I had mastery over. I've got this set. And I was a bit prideful and arrogant about myself. And God was showing me, oh, you're saying things you shouldn't say. You're doing things you shouldn't do. You're thinking things you shouldn't even think. And I was like, God, what's going on? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm falling short. I'm messing up in, in ways I haven't messed up in such a long time, which I thought I'd sorted. And it was God's kindness. It was his mercy and his love. that He was showing me a blind spot. You see, because of my work, because of my job, I wanted to be good. I just wanted to be a good Christian. I wanted to be a good leader. I wanted to be a professional Christian. And God was saying, you know what, David, I know you love me, but it's, it started to become just about you being good at these things. That's hard to hear. You're like, whoa, and you're like, whoa, how long have I been doing this for without realizing? He was showing me just because I didn't want to be a hypocrite, so I didn't want to say one thing and live another life. But when I'm not in front of people saying things or I'm not in groups of crowds and I'm not in prayer meetings, when I'm left to my own devices... Oh, whoa, the heart is deceitful. And before long, you've, got, you've just got a little distance or maybe you've got a little distraction. And before long, you, you're finding yourself away from God. And yet it's his kindness that he pursues us. You know, Psalm 23, his goodness, mercy, his steadfast love pursues us all the days of our life. It's not when we're just good. It's not when we mess up, he gives up. He pursues us all our lives. And Jesus was showing me something here, and I want to encourage you because there's two things. I used to, God sort of showed me this at Bible college, I used to love him or I used to follow his ways because I was trying to earn blessing. I, I was trying to get from him. I was bargaining with God, and that, that's why I followed him. That's why I was doing my things, to follow him so he would bless me. Now I got to this place where I was following him because I just wanted to be a good person. Church, I really want to encourage you, as good as it is to be good, and we all know we're all not good, right? It's not about being good. It's about loving him. It's about receiving his love. Isn't it encouraging that, um, well, I found it interesting. God doesn't say, the command isn't be loved by him. 
know his love. The command is to love him because when you love him, he brings you into greater revelations of how much he loves you. Because he always loves you. You don't even need to do anything. He loves you. But the relationship is a condition. Will you choose to relate and draw with him? How kind is God? He forgives me when I mess up. He forgives my wrongdoing. He cares enough to reveal my own blind spot. And even when I'm in the blind spot, in my own self-righteous ways, he still loves me just as much as he does now. He still loves you when you're messing up in your lowest point as he does when you're on your highest point. He just loves you. He's so consistent. I had a chance in my sabbatical to meet with um, David Shearman. He's come and preached here before and hopefully getting back at some time because he's just a wonderful man of God and uh, uh, been a church leader in AOG, but uh, no longer doing that. And uh, I met with him and I shared. And he said, David, his name's David as well, but he said, David, to me. He said, um, David, we're all broken people, but in different states of repair. And I just thought that was beautiful. Hey, guys, it's okay to feel broken, but God is not finished with us. And we're all, all of us are in just different states of repair. Church, it is such a blessing and a privilege of mine that I get to take hold of the baton soon and to get to journey with you. But let it be so that when we journey together, as we have been, that we keep the first thing, the first thing, the greatest commandment, that we would love God and that we would love people. Yes, I know there's space issues. I know we want to grow, but help me, help yourselves. Let's not make it about those things. They're good things, but it's about loving Jesus with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole mind, with all your strength. Listen because God loves to speak to you. Do what God says because he is the Lord. And guard your heart and motives because we are easily deceived, as the prophet Jeremiah said. Our heart can be easily deceived. So I humbly submit that to you as part one. I look forward to sharing more next week. But at this point, I think it's right that we just simply open up to the Lord and say, what is it you want to say? Bring us to a place where we can humble our hearts before God. So I'm just going to encourage the worship team to come up. Um, And just want to encourage you, please do stand when they begin. If you'd like to, you don't have to. But let's just ask the Lord, because there's a lot in there to speak to us with the pace and the timing that he wants. So Heavenly Father, all across this room, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're for us. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, right now, it is your heart to speak to each and every person who is willing to incline their ear. Lord God, would you open up the eyes of their heart that you may speak to them. I pray, Father, there wouldn't be fear here that they would know this is a safe place. Holy Spirit, we just give you all authority to speak into our lives right now. I pray any barrier, I pray any distraction, Lord Jesus, just take that off right now. We want the sincerity of a conversation with you to hear your voice, to know your spirit at work in our lives. Come. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in person and online.